Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. I've proven to myself I can play at this level. Can he get a throw away? At quarterback, confidence might be the most important trait that you have. Kate makes the catch. You're now rocking with the best. This is not a test. I stay photo shoot fresh. Came out the phone booth with that S on my chest. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and also on Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin and Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys on this Thursday morning. There might not be a hotter team in the NFL right now than the Cincinnati Bengals currently riding a six-game win streak. They've got the New England Patriots on Sunday, and they also got some news yesterday with two of their stars making the Pro Bowl. Joe Burrow, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, was one of the four selected, as well as his teammate, Jamar Chase. Now, Freddie on on Wednesday had a chance to catch up with the Bengals' star-wide receiver who was back after a couple weeks from injury. He heals faster than everybody else. He's also (laughs) made some time for us here on ESPN Radio this morning. We're going to play part of this conversation that Freddie had with Jamar Chase. He's not just one of the best receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's one of the best players in the NFL, and he's only 23 years of age. The man I'm talking about is Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, and he is eye candy anytime he's on the football field. And the Bengals could be that kind of team that can really make another run to the Super Bowl like they did last year. Jamar Chase joining me here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Jamar, I laid that out there about you being not just one of the best receivers but one of the best players, and you're not even 23 years of age yet. What does that mean to you to be that good, that young? Uh, it's just a work ethic that I had, you know, growing up, uh, maybe this way. You know, and just being around a group of people and a skilled quarterback, you know, other receivers that's pushing me to be great is a good opportunity. How did you handle missing four games this year, being out with that fractured hip? Uh, I think I handled it well. You know, I was encouraging my teammates on, uh, you know, I was always being that person trying to pick everybody up even when I was down. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really show too much emotion while I was going through the injury. So, you know, I was always heads up, chin high. Uh, Jamar, it's me and you here because I know how I feel if I miss a day of work and I love what I do. H- how did you How did you stand that? Because you're like a kid uh, on Christmas the way you play football. How did you deal with that other people yeah. out there doing that and you weren't out there? Yeah, um... I didn't. Really, I wasn't really too pissed off or, or, or too anxious to play again, um, mm-hmm. just because I know what I was capable of, mm-hmm. and you know I wanted to make sure that I first got my injury right first, because if anything happens to a hip, it's, it's most likely really, really bad, right. or you know surgery at the end of a season, you know, and I and I missed the opportunity, and I had a a good blessing in and you know in that position, so you know I just kept God, I kept praying on the situation, but for the most part, the only game that really got me was the Cleveland game. Uh, when I was out, you know, that was a game I wanted to play. And, and, you know, I had to sit back and watch that game from home. Once you got back out there against Cleveland, you busted them in the mouth for over 10 catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Why would anybody think like they did that they could cover you one-on-one and think that was a good idea? Um, I don't know. You know, a lot of one, a lot of, a lot of my one-on-ones starting to have safety help, you know, so corners are starting to think they're doing one-on-ones with safety help, so... You know, whenever the time Joe sees one-on-one with me, you know, we're going to take advantage of the matchup. 
He's one of the best players in the NFL, Jamar Chase, Bengals wide receiver. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn, Jabel and Max on ESPN Radio. Speaking of your quarterback, Joe Burrow, you guys have known each other for a minute. Did I read correctly that you went knocking on doors of houses so you guys could live in the same neighborhood? Did I read that correctly, Jamar? No, nah, that's wrong. That's wrong. Somebody made that up. Good, good, because I saw them thinking, wait a minute, I can't pick Jamar Chase going, hi, I'm Jamar, can I buy your house? Hi, I'm Jamar, can I buy your house? Yeah, I wasn't banking on that, so I'm glad you're able to clear that up. But what is it like having that kind yeah. of relationship that you two guys have, especially when I found out that, you know, Joe Burrow looks to you to buy clothes for him so he keep that drip game going? <laughs> yeah, I only, only bought him some pants. I ain't really buy him nothing too much. But, you know, overall, he's a good person, man. Um, you know, I think we do one, one like our best job is our communication is key. Um, just knowing the leverage on how the DBs playing us, you know, what they're doing towards this game. Because every game, you know, we get played a little differently. And, you know, that's when we got to talk to our quarterback to make sure we're all on the same page. What is it like being a team now that when you first got there, people said, the Cincinnati Bengals. What is it like that you become more of the hunted instead of the hunter right now this season? Um, you know, I just think we just needed to build. You know, we, we had a, build a, a better program here. Um, you know, everyone's here has put in to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can feel the atmosphere here. And I think that's the biggest and I think that's the biggest change and decision that, you know, that, that has been done here. You mentioned atmosphere, and one of your teammates, Tyler Boyd, said, and I quote, I love playing with my man T and my man Jamar because it's not about who's going to get the most touches. It's not about who's getting mm-hmm. the most targets. It's not about being any kind of diva. It's about guys competing and everybody being about winning, end quote. When you hear one yeah. of your teammates say that, yeah. Jamar, what goes through your mind? Um, you know, that's that's the exact truth. That's that's all honesty, too. You know, even though we all want the ball and, you know, we might all get doubled and we might get double doubled. So, you know, someone somebody always has to want to be open, you know, and the receivers preach about, you know, being running a route, even if we're double teamed, even if, you know, we get one on one because we don't always see it, you know. So, you know, we always got to be prepared for the next play. What is it like when you go out there and maybe this is just me spitballing, but I've watched you enough since being at LSU and being now where you're unstoppable. I'll put that out there. There's certain guys that look at a certain position and say, yep, good luck to you. You're that guy. Your fellow LSU dude, Justin Jefferson, in Minnesota are unstoppable guys. What is it that mm-hmm. feeling like when you go out there and you say, it don't matter what you do, you're going to get a dose of me today? Yeah, um, you know, me coming into the game, the biggest thing that I'm doing is watching the defense just to see what looks I'm getting. Because, um, you know, it, Every team is going to play differently, and I've been hearing a lot about this, um, a lot about Belichick playing, you know, great receivers and how he likes to double people. So um, it'll be a good test for me to see where I'm at and, you know, overcome everything, you know, that's happening right now. Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals joining me, Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. You got the Patriots this week, and you got the Buffalo Bills next week. I'm not trying to put the playoffs Mm -hmm. in the regular season, but – how much, Jamar, do you feel those kind of games will have a playoff kind of feel? I mean, we had one of the hardest schedules this year, and um, you can look at it and see for yourself. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every game is like a playoff for us. You know, we, we, we're trying to play every game like it's a playoff, and basically like our last game. You know, we're trying to leave it all on the field. How much do you think about that young Jamar Chase where his first job was working at a snowball stand and you were doing shaved ice and everything like that. How much do you think about where you were there then 
to where you are now? Um, it's just, you know, having fun being a kid. When I look back on it, you know, just being outside, playing around, having fun, you know, just growing and being older. And now it's just, you know, becoming a man and uh-huh. actually having a job and knowing what I need to do to be good at the job. And you're good at that job now, but you still are in a giving mode because I saw you bought 200 families turkeys at a Kroger in Cincinnati for Thanksgiving. And even everybody that showed up said it could not have come at a better time and it could not have come from a better person. And I get that sense that's you and also Durbrow, your quarterback. A lot of people talking about him for MVP right now in the NFL. How much of that really matters more to you that people see you two guys? Yeah, we're great football players but we're better people than we are football players. Yeah, it just shows, you know, the way we've been raised, you know, the stuff we've been through, you know, just want to be helpful, you know, give opportunities to other families around the world. If I say Joe Burrow for MVP, make the case for him. What would you say about your quarterback? Yeah, 100 votes, 1,000 <laughs> votes. <laughs> <laughs> Jamar, man, th- th- that's what I love about you. You will say, hey, don't. it's not about looking at me. I can pump up my teammates and everything like that, man. Keep doing your thing, man. Mm-hmm. Continue success. Good luck this week when you play the Patriots and when you get into the playoffs. And thanks for joining us in Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. I said thank you. That was Jamar Chase with Freddie Coleman yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals receiver from humble beginnings to one of the top receivers in the NFL. Similar can be said about the Cincinnati Bengals team. They started out, Freddie, 2-3 and three this season. They are now 10-4, yeah. and four, entering the final three weeks of the NFL regular season schedule. I don't know if there's a hotter team right now in the NFL than Cincinnati. That's a team that has been through it and – that was the one thing I wondered about them coming into the season, Courtney. How could they handle being the hunted instead of being the hunter? And early on, they were still trying to figure things out on the offensive line. But that whole big thing with their success lately has been because of two things, an opportunistic defense forcing turnovers and a running game that has put a lot more pressure on defenses where it's not just about Joe Burrow. We've seen that running game really be on the come of the last four to five weeks. That makes them maybe even more dangerous than they were last year, and that team got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Jamar Chase has been on a tear since he came back from that hip injury that kept him out for four games. That first game back against against Kansas City, 97 yards, followed up by 119 against the Cleveland Browns. I know that Jamar said that he was sad he missed the first meeting on that one. He certainly uh, got his money's worth there in the second game. And then obviously the six-game win streak that the Cincinnati Bengals are on was extended last week with that big comeback they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We want you to be sure to tune in for football action on Saturday as the Patriots host the Bengals. Coverage begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Coming up next, does Joe Burrow, Pro Bowl quarterback Joe Burrow, have the best set of weapons in the NFL? Hmm. We're getting to that next here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Early in the morning. I'm Sean J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. And live right now on ESPN to Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, sitting in for the guys all week here, wishing you and yours a happy holidays. Stay warm. Stay safe if you're out there traveling right now. We know that the... Most of the United States, unless you're in a place like San Diego, is getting hit by a big cold front coming through. I'm currently in Chicago. I'm gearing up for Bears and Bills on Saturday. And a lot of the games, Freddie, you and I have been talking about, are going to be dealing with cold fronts and snow and Mm -hmm. other uncomfortable things. This is why I personally have the controversial opinion that football (laughs) is an indoor sport and should be played in a building with a roof domed or retractable but that's just my take i won't try to blow up the internet here that's because uh, you have ptsd from coming to all those minnesota vikings games and chicago games this year so far that is true uh, as you can see there on the screen the game that i'll be at nine degrees that is the kickoff temperature what? against uh in chicago on the lakefront buffalo at chicago mm. and you know it's 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 the time of year where these games are important to win, and you just hope that the elements don't end up taking any of the luster out of these games. You can see the snowflakes falling on the screen. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really cold in here. I, I it's you know trying to get with my Santa element going on. Yeah, but both teams are playing in the elements, so if one team should level the playing field a little bit, well, wouldn't well, you say? Right, whether it levels it or not, Courtney, if you're both in those same kind of elements and you don't make the best out of it, I don't want to hear your sob stories. As far as I'm concerned, because Miami, a last time I checked, mm-hmm. in the state of Florida, they don't exactly have winter conditions like in Buffalo. They went up there and played their behinds off, and they, they lost did. a tough ball game to Buffalo. So if you're a team that complains about the conditions, then you know what, then that's not for you, and you're not going to be around long whether you're a winning team or a losing team in those conditions anyway. Buffalo ended up pulling out a close one in Week 15 at home. The snowball fight game is what we will call I that know. one against the Miami Dolphins. So those yahoos. For on, the why? entire season, they have had one of the best receiving cores, best running back uh, backfields. You know, for Josh Allen, he's got a very complete team around him. Now, the same can be said about the Cincinnati Bengals, a team mm-hmm. that we were just talking about here on KJM. Freddie sat down with Jamar Chase yesterday, gearing up for their game against New England Patriots. And And it begs the question for Joe Burrow right now, is there any other quarterback who's in a better situation given what's around him in terms of skill position players than the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback? I don't know if I can give any other team that nod other than Cincinnati. You can throw Mm -hmm. Kansas City in the mix, as I said, Buffalo's in that mix. But take a look at like their receiving core which, you know, Jamar Chase, since he's been back, he has been on a tear. But T. Higgins right now, Nine, 894 yards, just outside of 900 receiving yards. 
uh, 15 games into the season, Jamar Chase right behind him, and Tyler Boyd run, rounding out that mix. For for two receivers, you're closing in on 1,000-yard seasons. That's a pretty elite group when you can have two of them at that same mark. How do you stack these three up? Because it's funny, all three teams that we're talking about are in the AFC. I'm sure mm-hmm. some NFC teams, i.e. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. <laughs> would take uh, take exception to our rankings here. But I look at Cincinnati, and I think they might have the most complete receiving core in terms of the three receivers that they have from top to bottom. Here's how you can make a case for Cincinnati, although I'm sure there's some people in Miami like, wait, did Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle go in the IR? What about those two guys? But – all three of the receivers you just mentioned, when it comes to Boyd, when it comes to Higgins, and, of course, the biggest, baddest boy out there, Jamar Chase, they're all big-body receivers. Jamar Chase is 6 feet, but he's 200 and, and 200 and 205 pounds. You got Tyler Boyd. He's a big-body receiver at 6'2", 205 pounds. And then you got the biggest guy there when it comes to T. Higgins. He's 6'4", 219 pounds. In any kind of one-on-one situation, they can play basketball and box out and wall off somebody. Although, I hate to bring this up to somebody who's Charmaine Nameless, James Stewart, one of our producers. He calls Jamar Chase the push-off king. And, like, no one pushes off in the NFL and referees don't call it. But when you have physical receivers that can go out and make catches, you can trust in the one-on-one situations that they can't be covered. And here's the most important thing about what they've been able to do. They've done it before. They've been in these situations before. They were able to help out their quarterback last year when they had that great run in the AFC. So you can make a case for what Kansas City does, whereas Travis Kelsey and the committee wide receivers and Patrick Mahomes does a great job playing point guard, everybody getting the ball to everybody else. We've seen the two of Tonga Valo has been able to do with Miami with those two burners on the outside and Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and Buffalo. Josh Allen's got Stephon Diggs. We know what he can do in one-on-one situations. Gabe Davis has been terrific as well. Isaiah McKenzie. But give me those three guys because of their size and their ability to wall off defenders and make those contested catches and run away from people. You can definitely make that case that Joe Burrow has the best weapons at a wide receiver core in the National Football yeah, League. Yeah, I think receiving wise, like that one is is not in question because Kansas City, you know, the the way that they've replaced Tyreek Hill, and I'm just looking at these numbers now, they've become a running team. Like that that is what they are and that's okay. Like I mean I'm not it's not really any knock on their receiving core, but they're a running team. You think Casey's become a running team? I I'll say it like this. They are a team that relies more on their running backs than they have in previous years, but okay. they also get a ton of receiving production, not from the necessarily wide receivers as much as they do with Travis Kelsey. When you have someone like Travis Kelsey, that's going to be your top threat. So I guess I'll I'll reword my statement there. Mm-hmm. They are not focused, or at least they don't hone in on their receiving core, the true wide-out position, as much as they do getting production from someone like Travis Kelsey and the rest of their backfield. And I think that's okay. I think that's a sign mm-hmm. of Eric Bieniemy, of, of of Andy Reid having to adjust and adapt to when one really good player goes somewhere else. How do you compensate for that? Yeah. And they really haven't had much of a fall-off. Like Just because you don't have a number one wide receiver, somebody that would be a number one considered a number one on, on most right. teams. Like the true dominant wideout yeah. doesn't mean you can't find that receiving production somewhere else. And, you know, having someone like Travis Kelsey, a, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer someday, they're in a really good spot where it doesn't even feel like there's been a drop-off with that, Freddie. They've just yeah. adjusted to doing things a different way. Well, because it's number 15. And let's call it as it is because he's, a, he's the biggest, baddest dude in the NFL quarterback jungle. And it's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else in the NFL – People in Buffalo don't want to hear that, too damn bad. People in Cincinnati don't want to hear that, too damn bad. People in Philadelphia don't want to hear that, too damn bad. That's the gold standard right now in the National Football League because what did we hear in the preseason and the offseason? Oh, 
what is Patrick Mahomes going to do without Tyreek Hill? And I said, y'all got that backwards. What is Tyreek Hill going to do without Patrick Mahomes? And they've done pretty well in Miami, having that deep passing game. Mm-hmm. But I was not worried about that guy wearing number 15 in red because guys like him, Alan Yates will tell you this, he, him, when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, there's certain people. Himothy. Yeah, he's a Himothy. He's part of he, the Himothy he's, tribe. He's, he's sure. different, different. Certain guys are like that in the National Football mm-hmm. League. And he reminds me, some people say that Patrick Mahomes reminds him so much of a Brett Favre. He reminds me more of John Elway, a guy that can make any throw from any position. And for the longest time, John Elway never had number one wide receivers, but boy, he's able to spread that ball around and find people. Patrick Holmes is doing the same similar thing right now. They have seven guys on this team in Kansas City that have at least 25 catches, and people did not thought that was going to be the case. If people say that Joe Burrow reminds them so much of Tom Brady and having that comparison, I just leave that alone. Guys like those guys figure it out. Joe Burrow's figured it out, but that guy to the 25th power, Patrick Mahomes, he continues to see and let everybody know. You can talk about everybody else, but I'm number one, and I'm not giving up that crown anytime soon in the NFL at the quarterback position. And think about the touchdown production, where it's coming from in the receiving game. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is his favorite target, whether it's over the middle of the field, whether it's in the red zone. Like, you've got a great weapon yeah, there. Yeah, 91 <laughs> catches. Exactly. exactly. 12 touchdowns on that, is too, on that, too. Jared McKinnon has five touchdowns. McCall Hardman has four. Like, you were talking about, like, where the where the production's coming from in terms of their receiving core. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster is closing in on 900 receiving mm-hmm. yards, but those touchdown numbers aren't there. When you can get the short game going in the low red zone, in inside, you know, I mean, the goal line, like, gold zone, red zone, wherever, whatever you want to call it, right. that's a good spot to be in where you know you have options down there. And that's why I feel like when Kansas City, we have these receiving core, we have all these skill players stack up against each other. They're doing it in a different way. It might not be the way that we expected it to look or the way that we've seen it look in the past, but I think that they've done a pretty good job mitigating the loss of Tyreek Hill in, in that fashion. And the team that we haven't really talked about, which is wild to think about mm-hmm. um, in terms of the most complete receiving core, the best weapons in the NFL. Think about what Josh Allen's guys are doing for him this year. Yeah, Stephon Diggs really good. remains no one doubt. of the top, the cream of the crop of the wide receiving core in the NFL. But Gabe Davis is no slouch either. And I remember last year in that playoff game in Kansas City when he came on and scored four touchdowns, just absolutely annihilated the Kansas City defense. And on top of that, I feel like they found a way with their running back where they they're they're in a spot because like Josh Allen I think is still probably their best rusher. Would you say that's yeah, like an unfair we, thing to say? No, he, he leads the team in rushing over 700 yards. So yeah, exactly. he's he's their best player and he's their best running back. That's a fact when it comes to Josh Allen. But here's to, to the effect where it comes with the Buffalo Bills and having those kind of weapons. When you have creativity, you can do so many different things. And that's the one thing that a lot of people have to realize about why the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills are so successful offensively, they don't mind having creativity when it comes to getting the ball and taking advantage of those matchups. Because how many times we've seen Josh Allen become the best matchup? They run quarterback power. They let him do his thing. But he doesn't miss a lot of throws when he has one-on-one coverage with Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox as well as Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs has 99 catches this year. Plenty of times where if he's wide open, Josh Allen is not missing those throws because they've been so creative of making sure that they're guys that you can't just find them. Kansas City does that with Travis Kelsey. We've seen A.J. Brown have that kind of effect with the Philadelphia Eagles. And Cincinnati is so creative with their three wide receivers, and they've done it before. 
that's a team that whoever plays them in the playoffs, if you're not able to combat that, it's not going to matter what the offensive line is not doing or the defense is not doing because they believe they're the ultimate answers, having those guys and being created with those offenses I mentioned so far in the NFL. All you got to do is spread the ball around, and it makes your job a lot easier if you have multiple people to give the ball to in, in a lot of different ways, whether it's your tight ends, whether it's your receivers, whether it's using your backs out of the backfield to catch passes, whether it's having a quick game screens, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. all four of these teams that no we've doubt. talked about are elite at doing that. Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Miami, I think if you're taking a look at who has the best set of weapons around them, which are those four quarterbacks, Yeah, all of those <laughs> are, are acceptable yeah. answers, and I think all of them – will find their way uh, into into success here with that group that they have around them. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and, and on ESPN2. Be sure to click more on the lower right-hand corner of your ESPN app and then scroll down to live radio. That's where you're going to be able to find us each and every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys and as always presented by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, we're going to take your calls on which team has the best weapons in the NFL. We threw out Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Miami. If there's one that you have that we missed, let us know on the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We also want to know, who is the biggest sleeper team in the NFL right now? Freddie and I were talking about this at the top of the hour, whether it was Detroit or Jacksonville. Bet you never thought you'd hear those. Those two names yeah. and sleeper team <laughs> in the NFL playoffs in the same sentence. But those are the two we're talking about. Who are we missing? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, Freddie's NFL quarterbacks as Christmas carols. You're not going to want to miss it. That's coming up next here on KJM. In 15 minutes, are Dak Prescott's turnovers going to doom the Cowboys in the postseason. We'll yep. get into that here on Keyshawn, <laughs> Jay, Will, and Max. You already know Freddie Coleman and what he thinks about that. I'm Courtney Cronin. We're sitting in for the guys on this Thursday morning. We're taking your calls right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is the biggest sleeper team in the mm-hmm. NFL right now? We've got three weeks remaining in the regular season. Let's go out to Dale in Cincinnati. Dale, you're on ESPN Radio. Tell me why the Bengals are the scariest team in the league. Because we went there last year. We went to the bowl last year. We got all the experience in the world. Everybody want to keep putting Kansas City up there, but we beat them three times in the calendar year. And we're going to play Buffalo in two weeks. We're going to handle our business this week. We got the most prolific offense in the league. Our, our, our defense is opportunity, opportunistic. That's what I meant to say. But we got I'm, I'm so excited about our team in Cincinnati, man, because the national media don't want to give us the hype. That's why we are the most scariest team. Kansas City don't want to see us. They prestified. And hey. we're going to play Buffalo in two weeks. Dale's got uh, yeah. me excited. I yeah. want to become a Bengals fan and, and buy in on that. And it's not even just hype. He's Ooh, right. When he talks about – the Bengals being opportunistic defensively, like they're mm-hmm. one of the best teams mm-hmm. at closing teams out 
uh, in the fourth quarter, just 3.7 points allowed in the fourth quarter. That's the second best in the NFL this season. And we saw that comeback that they had on Tampa Bay last week, Freddie, Mm -hmm. you know, to where this team was at this point last season. Remember, like they started out two and three this year. They're 10 and four. It was kind of similar in 2021 when this team marched all the way into the postseason as a wild card team, no less. Um, There's so many similarities that you can pull from where they were at this point in 2021 to where they are right now. Well, I'm not going to compare last year to this year because no year is the same, so I'm going to leave that in the past, and I suggest that Dale and Cincinnati do the same thing. But here's something else. Let me school you on this one. Kansas City's not afraid of your team. Let's bring some facts to the matter. Give Cincinnati a lot of credit. They've beaten Kansas City three times in the last calendar year. But in two of those games, Kansas City blew leads. They had a 24-3 lead. In the first half in the AFC Championship game, and for some godforsaken reason, they went for it on fourth and goal and didn't score any points. And I give Cincinnati a lot of credit for coming back and winning that game. But if Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble the football when they met this in the regular season, we're not talking about the Bengals beating the Kansas City Chiefs three times in the calendar year. I give the Bengals credit for what they've been able to do. I'm not going to take that away from them. But, dude, this is the NFL 2022 Nobody is afraid of anybody. You respect teams. You fear teams. It's hard to beat teams. But nothing against Cincinnati and nothing against Kansas City and nothing against Buffalo. No one is afraid of anybody because no one has that kind of fear factor. We're not talking about the Chicago Bears in the 80s with their defense. We're not talking about the San Francisco 49s in the 80s with that team. We're not talking about the Page in the early 2000s. Nobody is like that in the NFL. Players are like that, but no teams. So I love the passion. I appreciate it for the Cincinnati Bengals as that fan, Dale. But, dude, those Chiefs and the Bills are not afraid of your team, dude. That is just a fallacy to put that out there. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, t- but you do have a you have a great point, Freddie, because of how many of how the le- the level of parity this year, unlike anything else that we've seen in any previous season in the NFL, it's pretty remarkable. And you know, when you've got teams like the Minnesota Vikings doing what they did to the Indianapolis Colts, yes, I know it's the Colts, but the fact that this When's is a win? year where we have. We have, uh, you know, scoring technically is down, but you've got these incredible comebacks like the one that we saw from Minnesota rattling off 33 points uh, after trailing at halftime. You know, the average margin of victory through 14 games going into week 15, it's a stat from last week, but it's just been, it's, it was six points. Like, that shows you the level of playing field where, Mm -hmm. you're right, there isn't the 85 Bears of the 2022 season where there's one unit that's like, man, head and shoulders above everybody else. But that fear factor with a team like Cincinnati that knows how to get hot at the right time I'm not buying. I'll that. give Dale and Cincinnati yeah. some credit for yeah. that because I, I, I think I, I, some teams yeah. are are buying into that, and some I, fan bases are as well. I'm not drinking the Bengals orange and black Kool Aid when it comes <laughs> to that fear factor. Yeah, your team is legit. There's no doubt about that. I don't think the line between Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati is really far. I don't think the gap. I know the gap is not that far involving those three teams, but mm-hmm. I'm just not a prisoner of moments, no matter what a team has done. And like I said, not trying to shade Cincinnati. Win- winning is hard in the NFL. But to say that the Bengals have the Chiefs in a fear factor mode, I'm not buying that. No, no, no. The, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs have done something that Bengals still haven't done. That is win a Super Bowl. If you win a Super Bowl, you're not going to be afraid of teams trying to ascend to your throne, even if they've beaten you three times. In a, if anything, the Chiefs probably want the Bengals to say, hey, we're tired of hearing that nonsense that you guys are better than us because you beat us three times in the calendar year. They believe they're a better team, and we'll find out they meet in the playoffs once again. Okay, so since you don't think that you, you, you see the level playing field, you don't think there's any team that falls into that category, who is your biggest sleeper team right now in the NFL? My biggest sleeper team in the NFL – 
I don't want to say the Bengals are a sleeper. When you go to Super Bowl last year and you play the way that they played, I can't put you in a sleeper category. I'm still going to side on the fact that the Detroit Lions, because okay. in a wide-open NFC, as much as I love the San Francisco 49ers and their bloodthirsty Pirates on defense, they can really take care of games. They still got a Brock Purdy quarterback. You have to hope that you don't have enough film on him where you can level him up. That's something that Kyle Shanahan has to really guard against with Brock Purdy quarterback. We know what the Cowboys are. Right now they're pretenders more than contenders. The Minnesota Vikings will be in a one-score game, and who's to say that defense is not going to let them down again? Mm-hmm. But that team like Detroit – with their ability to run the football, their ability to be more opportunistic on defense. They've gotten better doing that, and they play really hard for 60 minutes. And that is something that is a skill that if you have as a coach that a lot of teams will love to have, and you don't have to worry about that with the Detroit Lions. If they get into the playoffs, I'm not saying they're going to have a Cincinnati Bengals-type run when it comes to what we saw last year from the Bengals in 2021, but that's a team that can really – Give a team pause for the cause to say, man, we better be on our A game because if we don't, that team is playing confident. They have a quarterback playing well. They got a running game that's really, really good. And they got a defense that keeps getting better. Aiden Hutchinson rushing the passer off the edges for the Detroit Lions. That's a team that's a sleeper okay. team that I would be concerned about. So basically, like if I had a t- if I have a sleeper team, it has to be a team that it can't be San Francisco, right? And like can, because, no. because, you, yeah. because everywhere else outside of quarterback is solved. There's no question marks in any of those positions. It has to be a team that we we didn't see. I mean, obviously, I know what I know what the definition of a sleeper is, but when the <laughs> level of play, when the playing field has been so leveled in the NFL this year, Absolutely. I feel like there's more teams that would qualify for that sure. that wouldn't in typical years. So that's a good. We're going to keep this conversation going on the Dr Pepper call in line triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Weigh in and let us know who's the biggest sleeper team in the NFL right now. We've got a wide array of answers, and the calls are coming in here on Keyshawn, J Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app and on ESPN2. But coming up next, we'll get back into the big matchup down in the D. Can Jalen Hurts play this weekend? And if not, what are the Philadelphia Eagles expecting they'll get from Gardner Minshew? How does that affect Hurts' MVP candidacy as well? That's next here on KJM on ESPN Radio. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Is it Hurts or the team? All it will provide is bulletin board yeah. material. Uh-huh. Listen, this is all the smoke right here. Listen, and that's how football is supposed to be. We have familiarity with, and they have familiarity with us. I'm pretty sure they hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Courtney Crone and Freddie Coleman sitting in for the guys on this Thursday morning. Pleased to welcome in Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst, two-time Super Bowl champ to the show. Now, Damian, I know you played in New England. You played in uh, with the Jets. You played with the Lions. All of those places not so warm, and we've got a bunch of cold weather games coming up this weekend. It feels like it's affecting the majority of the Saturday slate. And I just want to know, as an offensive lineman, what is it like playing in those elements? Well, I mean, most people would say, oh, you guys got a, lot, got a little bit more insulation. Wow. You know, as far really? as your body is concerned. But I'm here to tell you I hate the cold. cold I really cold, do. cold, man. I'm with you. I hate the cold. Like, it's just... Every hit hurts. Every, the slightest hits like just feel like your bones are breaking. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. I played my whole career in cold weather, but I couldn't stand the cold. What was the coldest game you played in, Damian? Uh, probably, I think, um, playoff game in New, uh, when I was with the Patriots against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was divisional game. Bro, when I tell you <laughs> it was so cold that – I don't think either team cared if we won a loss in that game. <laughs> we just wanted to get the hell out of there. It was crazy. <laughs> so when Bill Belichick is crying right now yeah. in that conversation, <laughs> what you just had to say. Speaking of the New York Jets, you played for that team. Zach Wilson back in the lineup, second time in five days. Mike White not ready because of the fractured rib. He has had a lot to overcome just in that locker room. If you were in that locker room and knowing what has gone on with him, on and off the field, what are your thoughts on how Zach Wilson is trying to reimagine himself and have a renaissance with the Jets only in his second year? Well, I think that I think you know players players understand that you know the young man is struggling a little bit. He's in his second year. He's still trying to figure out the pro game. And I think as, a, as if I'm in the locker room as a teammate, the one thing I want to do is what can I do to help to help that young man out? How can I what you know? How can I elevate my game to make the game easier for him? Um, because a lot of it is confidence. And so, yeah. you know, this is a critical game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've always said just find a way to win one game. Don't try to overcomplicate it. Find a way to win one game because it's really a one-game season for the next three weeks. And so that would be my, you know, something I would say to Zach Wilson, hey, man, let's go out there and have fun. Find, let's just find a way to win one game tonight. And that is tonight. That's Thursday night football. Jets hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. As Zach Wilson's season has been a roller coaster, Trevor Lawrence, on the other hand, Damian, has been surging Mm. as of late. Have the Jacksonville Jaguars found their franchise quarterback? Like, we're okay putting that question to bed, everything that happened with Trevor Lawrence and and Urban Meyer in the past, now that Doug Peterson has helped him get his game to the next level? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they have their guy. Like, this is a guy – this is the you know what we're seeing from Trevor Lawrence right now is that the guy coming into the draft where we're talking about generational type talent mm-hmm. like he's playing like a number one pick is supposed to play and obviously when you get the right coaching in the building it makes all the world it makes all the difference in the world and uh, Doug B- Peterson being a former quarterback being a Super Bowl champion head coach with the Philadelphia Eagles you can see clearly he's rubbing off on, on Trevor Lawrence and the numbers back it up. And Trevor Lawrence is coming in playing fantastic football. Obviously, he's going to have to deal with the elements tonight. Last time he was in the elements, 
Um, he didn't fare so well against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he had five turnovers in that game earlier in the season. So if he can maneuver that, you know, we'll we'll see how he does against this very good Jets defense. You mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles, which was the X to Doug Peterson's the next when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jalen Hurts is seeming more likely that he's not going to play Saturday versus the Cowboys that game part of the 4 o'clock window. How, how do you think they've handled this whole injury thing leading into this game so far this week when it comes to Philadelphia, Damian? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you, you, know, you know, you're talking about a guy and – you know, Gardner Minshew is going to be the next man up for the for the Philadelphia Eagles, and obviously some of the d- design runs that you would obviously run with J- Jalen Hurts, you're probably not going to do that with Gardner Minshew. But you know, when you look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, they're so well balanced across the board on both sides of the ball. They're one of the best units in the trenches, both in the offense and defensive line. Their their wide receiving core is excellent. Their defense is excellent. So. Gardner Minshew is, is a guy that has a lot of starter experience in this league. He's put up some pretty good numbers. So I, I'm pretty sure uh, the organization and his teammates has a lot of faith that he can go out there and execute and execute at a high level. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman, joined by ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Dak Prescott, Damian, has 11 interceptions on the season. It's kind of an anomaly. He's not known as a quarterback who throws a lot of them throughout his career. But are his turnovers the biggest problem for this Dallas team right now? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a big problem. It's a big deal. And I think one of the things that you see from Dak, sometimes, it's, you know, Dallas is such an explosive team, explosive offense, right. that you want, to, you want to hit the big one. Mm-hmm. And I always said you can never go broke taking a profit. Sometimes, you know, with the big ones, you don't need the big ones. Go get the single. Yeah. You know, and just keep and keep the offense moving. I think, you know, Dak is smart enough and been in this league long enough to understand that. And also, you know, I also got to bring up, where is the elite defense? Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, the Dallas Cowboys were up 27-10, to 17-point lead. You know, if you, if you claim to have one of the best defenses in the league – you can't let that type of comeback happen. So as much as we, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott and his interceptions, the defense, this vaunted defense has to come through as well. Which quarterback, real quick, Damien, in your opinion, with in the modern football age, pace and space, wide receivers, quarterbacks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which quarterback, in your opinion, has the best weapons in the AFC? Wow. I'm gonna go with uh I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow. I mean, it, it, it's hard to top the three wide receivers that he has at his disposal, plus Joe Mixon in the, in the backfield. So I'm going to go with, uh, with with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And, oh, by the way, I think they're the best team in the AFC. Really? Yes, I do. Over Kansas City and surging. Buffalo. Yes, I do. I do. I, I think I, I think that they've hit their stride. I think the, the underrated aspect of their team is their, is their defense. Their defense has been playing really, really good football. Uh, we saw what happened – we saw what happened last week. Last week in the first half against the Buccaneers, in the, in the first half they started slow, didn't look great. But when they came out in the second half, they turned it on, both sides of the ball, and they cruised to a, to a big win on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I, I just really impressed with this team all the way around. 
Always great stuff from our good friend Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst and two-time Super Bowl champion, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. When we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more about what Damian was talking about with Dak Prescott and the trust that we have in this team to be able to right the ship. Dallas has been struggling as of late, some pretty uncharacteristic sloppy football, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, too. When is that unit going to bounce back to form? That's coming up next here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and live on ESPN2 and ESPN. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. You are.